to-do list Tick it off and add some conversations and to-do lists which is my new podcast with me Fiona Ross and as this is the first episode I thought I'd give you a brief explanation of what it's all about Um, in my world as a musician a journalist the founder of women in jazz media someone who works in education I'm insanely uh, fortunate to be surrounded by so many amazing people who inspire me pretty much every day And I have the most amazing conversations and I really wanted to try and share these with other people. Um, So I thought, do you know what? Let's start a podcast. So all of my guests, these are people that I've worked with or that I've interviewed or that I've met in some way, whether that's a gig or kind of uh, uh, as a musician, journalist, uh, anyway. Um, But what I particularly wanted was a platform where I had no boundaries, So my work as a jazz journalist, that means I can publish all sorts of things are about jazz with my women in jazz media hat on. Then obviously that has a gender focus, but all these issues cross over. And I thought I just wanted a space where there were no boundaries and that we could talk about absolutely anything. So there's no topics, there's no themes. The door is completely wide open and based on the the guest that I have. So hopefully you will uh, enjoy these conversations. Um, And I'm very excited to welcome my very first guest for my first podcast, um, which is the incredible Ashani White. Hi. Hello. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm a bit tired. Um, I think it's it's allergy season. I'm really bad. I'm allergic to trees. (gasps) Sorry. Wait, wait, wait. You're allergic (laughs) to trees? Yeah. I get... I get hay fever in the earlier part of the year because I'm allergic to the tree pollen rather than the grass pollen, uh... um, which is just a nightmare because this is when gigs start kicking off again after Christmas and I'm just a snotty mess. So, oh, no. And there's, um, like, there's trees everywhere. Ev- everywhere. <laughs> and you, you can't really get away from them, um, especially like yeah, apparently it's because um, all the trees in London are all male trees. Have you heard of this? No. So there's like an excess of pollen in the air, specifically in London, because all the trees that are planted are planted specifically so they don't bear fruit. Oh. So they're all men, they're all male trees. And oh, see, there's that's, an a whole, that's a whole podcast episode on yeah, its own. It male is. trees in <laughs> London. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what's going on in my life. <laughs> oh, well, I'm really sorry you're suffering. <laughs> Um, but I should say and and I you know sometimes we do intros and and even when I write articles you write this kind of general intro about who is this person and Mm -hmm. I hate that I hate Mm -hmm. it to be honest because it feels a bit false Mm -hmm. Um, and I hate it sometimes when people ask me they say what do you do I I don't know what to say so I'm really sorry but I'm gonna say to you (laughs) you know to the people listening a Shaney White who are you how would you describe yourself to people who don't know who you are um I am a singer-songwriter uh from North London um and I just write songs that tell stories about myself and others um and just yeah try and communicate feelings through music and through singing um yeah I also do a couple of other things like host podcasts and talk too much um and and yeah I'm just all about sharing and having conversations with people um that's what I do. See, this is one reason why I think we have these set paragraphs, because obviously what you can't add, but I can, Mm -hmm. is that you are an inspiration, that you are a role model, that you are literally on fire. Thank you. Uh, It's those kind of things that I think uh, uh, we can't say ourselves. And that's why we need someone else to kind of go, well, yeah, but you know what? There's also this and that. So Mm -hmm. I will add many things to those lists. (laughs) (laughs) thanks but thank you for coming to join me now how this podcast works is before I speak to my guest I literally write down some thoughts about my guest Mm -hmm. so I'll tell you what I've written I've got my to-do list which I know um 
the people who are listening can't see, but you can see I've got oh, yeah. my to-do list here and it says the Shaney White and it says life, to, uh, life after the Ivers nomination, question mark. Oh, yes. I've got new music, question mark. New creator fund we've just launched. Mm-hmm. I've got that gig, exclamation mark. <laughs> I've got the life of a backing vocalist. Mm-hmm. The power of music. And mm-hmm. finally, what is on your to-do list? Oh, amazing. That so sounds great. I thought, let's explore. That's just that they were my thoughts. And I so say, literally, I said, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm talking to Ash today. Brilliant. I just wrote down some some of my thoughts that I thought would be fun to talk about, if that's mm-hmm. okay with you. That sounds so fun. I can't Okay, wait. well, let's start off with Life After the Ivers nomination. Now, something yeah. you did miss in your intro is you were nominated <laughs> for the Rising Star Ivers Award. That's huge. I was. And I feel like I'm still... It's been like nearly a year now, actually, which is very strange that the time's gone so quickly. Is it a year? Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was like February last year that I found out and it was May uh, last year that the actual uh, ceremony was. Wow. So it's coming around very, very quickly. Um, and it all came really quickly uh, last year as well. I just, I just quit my full-time job and decided to go full-time into music. And then I just got this amazing nomination kind of thrusted upon me, um, which I've loved. I've loved being able to, you know, humble brag about uh, being nominated for something so amazing as to be kind of seen for my songwriting and composing, which is always something that I've been so inspired by in other artists. So it's really nice to be seen as a rising star in that respect. Um but yeah, it's it's been good. It's been exciting. I've been writing since we found out. We've been writing and trying to get new music together. And I had a whole bunch of stuff that I'd written over um, the dreaded lockdowns. Um, so I had a I had a whole bunch of stuff ready to go. So I think it just kind of lit a little bit of a fire under me and everyone that I work with to kind of get things together. So it's been good. After after the Ivers, it's been great. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I've been following all your stuff, but just just to, for people who don't know, so when you were nominated, there were there were loads of things that happened, and mm-hmm. I saw some videos. But you went to Abbey Road, so mm-hmm. so from when you were nominated, yeah, what, what happened? What was the process? What 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 did you do? Well, so the nomination was sponsored by Apple Music, which is an amazing company to have your award be sponsored by, especially as an independent artist. Um, And they put together, there's there's something called the Ivers Week, which happens before the week before the Ivers ceremony. Um, So there was loads of things for us to kind of get involved with um, as nominees and as kind of mentees and rising stars. Um, So one of those things was a songwriting day at Abbey Road. Um, which is crazy because it was my first ever time going to Abbey Road. And I didn't expect it to be as soon as it mm. was you know what I mean and mm. it was just kind of like oh so yeah one of the days is at Abbey Road and I was inside like internally screaming because <laughs> it's been a dream of mine to go there um and to even be there writing and recording was more incredible um and it was it was with uh Nile Rogers and Jin Jin and Shazne Lewis and all these people that were kind of incredible songwriters and mentors for the rising stars um so I ended up in a room with Nile Rogers and Swindle how did Jin you Jin. manage that? You, I always find that kind of you. Know, you have these heroes and people that have inspired you, and you like to think that if you meet them or if you mm-hmm. were working with them, that you'd be cool, you know. Yeah. But then you also what? Well, I also worry is like, yeah, but will I? Will I be able to hold it together? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and there's many people that yeah you know, I would have loved to have spoken to that. I mean, uh, yeah, that are past now. So Prince, for an example, use Prince mm-hmm. as an example. It's like you know I would have loved to have met him, but honestly, I don't think I would have been able to hold it together and be cool <laughs> if I was face So how did you find, as you say, a rising star? You're at Abbey Road. You've got this yeah. amazing opportunity to work with someone like Nile Rogers and these people. Mm-hmm. Did you did you hold it together? Do you know what? I was okay. <laughs> I feel I feel like I've always kind of been, I'm a very confident mm. person. I've been a very confident child since I was very young. So walking into a room like that, obviously it was a bit like, oh, okay. It was mm. more imposter syndrome than it was like, I don't like, I'm scared to be here. Yeah. It also felt good because I, I was there as a nominee and I had to keep reminding myself when I was at the Ivor ceremony as well, I was surrounded by all these amazing sing- like songwriters and artists mm. and I wasn't amazing songwriting and art- songwriter and artist. I was nominated for an award. I was a guest of honor. So mm. it felt good to be able to walk into that room with that kind of like mm. backing me and allowing me to be as confident in the space um as I could be. Uh, and and Niall 
was so lovely to the point where he just felt like my uncle, like I'd met him a million times before. He was so complimentary of us and us being young people getting into music and it was really truly inspiring to see him and the way that he was with other musicians and artists and and young people um it just kind of everything felt you know so so casual and so cool um and we weren't looked at as you know young people that were just starting out we were looked at as respected so well, that's nice to know because I think sometimes you know rightly or wrongly when you're a new especially young I think mm-hmm. artist some people don't always respect that so yeah. it, it's nice to know that actually that was irrelevant uh, in your experience in fact the opposite sure. in some ways respected even more because you mm-hmm. were young and new and thirsty I guess is the word exactly exactly and it yeah it just made me feel like you know, it was crazy that like I introduced myself as Ash and now he knows my name is Ash um, and he remembered my face. Like when I saw him at the Ivers, I went over to say hello and he remembered who I was. And that was a bit crazy. I was just like, OK, that's that's sweet. Also, I it was so funny because I, I ended up and I'll tell the story of how I ended up in a documentary on Disney Plus. Oh, um, yes, I saw about, that. About Abbey Road and. I think if I wasn't in that documentary, this story would have been so hard to tell. People would have been like, no way did this happen. (laughs) Like, no way. And now it's documented on Disney Plus and there's me like fist bumping Nile Rogers at the end of the scene. (laughs) And it's hilarious because I was just, it just shows how how comfortable I felt in the room and how Mm. involved Nile was and how respected I felt to be able to like, you know, be as casual as to fist bump the Nile Rogers mm. um in the studio so yeah it was a really really fantastic day yeah I mean I, I and I'm you know um that we've worked together for a few years now um but I, I was so excited to see you nominated thank you so excited so well deserved um but but tell me from a um with a business hat on I guess so mm-hmm. you've you've been nominated for this award all these amazing things happened and you mm-hmm. can now put officially you know Ivers nominated artist mm-hmm. which from a marketing point of view if you can put these things that helps because it draws attention rightly or wrongly and that would be another yeah. discussion mm-hmm. um but you know you can do that so what now so you say it's a year on has mm-hmm. that changed your career uh, you know is there a difference as far as you're concerned from that you know, from yeah yeah I feel like for me, because um, I have, I was and have been independent for a very long time as an artist, I do everything myself, I manage myself, market myself, fund myself, everything is like me. So being in that position in the first place, in that when I applied for the the, the award, I was like, they're not going to give it to me because there's these new like, you know, label signings and mm. young people that have just popped out of Brit school or whatever that they are excited about and want to kind of platform in that way. Um, so even just being nominated for it really thrusted me into the hands ears and eyes of people that had never seen me before which was really good for me and is been really good for me um I didn't win the award so I don't know what winning the award would have felt like Mm. but being just a nominee and somebody that was in a position of doing this on their own um it's been really really helpful loads of A&Rs has kind of listened to my projects and understood who I am as an artist and I had the time to really develop who I am as an artist before being thrusted in front of labels um and lawyers and managers um so now I'm like building my team I've I've kind of got a couple of mentors and um, a manager that I'm trialing and I'm just really trying to remember that you know everything is a journey everything is a is a you know and I want to do things right and with people that really see the vision in me because there's no need getting involved with people that don't understand my vision when I understand my vision um so so yeah it's been really good it has been a good thing to put at the end of my email signature I'm not Mm. gonna lie to you it's been great being able to have that um and maybe it has opened more possibilities than than before but also I wouldn't really be able to tell because I've I've been working really hard you know I do a lot of gigs I do a lot of you know networking with people I've made really really amazing friends and connections in places where they have radio stations or they book gigs or you know they have they manage other artists so it's hard to tell it's really hard to tell but being even just being like nominated as really you know for me really personally and professionally has kind of given me that confidence that I needed to kind of be like oh do you know what 
like I, you know I was like okay I think I'm good at this like I'm enjoying the songs that I'm writing but then being told by the industry quote unquote whatever that means that you're good at something that means you could just double down and like be like okay this next project I'm gonna write I think is gonna be great um so yeah that's what it really did give me is that okay because like, that's what I was gonna say that that recognition and that confidence that you as you say you've always had anyway mm-hmm. Um, I imagine with your new music, which you're working on now, which funnily enough segues beautifully because it's the next (laughs) thing on my list. Um, I'm presuming that, I don't want to say you step up a gear because you're Mm -hmm. already up a gear, um, but I'm I'm guessing your approach to this new music, perhaps you're slightly more confident than you were before. Not that you weren't confident, but do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah, it's kind of strange with with the new projects, which I'm so excited about. I'm, it's honestly they're some of the best songs that I've written so far, and I'm so and I will fully say that with my chest. Like I'm so <laughs> proud of this project. Um, but it's strange because when I was releasing fairy tales, I knew nothing. You know, it was mm. just I'm releasing music because it's fun. Why not? You know, I didn't I didn't know whether my songs were good or whether they were like this quality or that quality. It felt good to me. I was like, well, put it out. Um, and that is still my ethos and it will continue to be my ethos. But now I just know a bit more. You know, yeah. I know that there's, you know, some people that um have their ears and eyes on me and, you know, people want to see me succeed and I need numbers to go to this and blah, blah, blah. And it's a little bit more like pressurizing in that in that respect but you know as long as you believe in the things that you're doing and you're making music for yourself really what's the worst that can happen like you know yeah do you know um, what and that's quite often my philosophy is like what's the worst that can happen like mm-hmm. give something a go and as long as you're prepared for either someone to say no or someone to go no that's not my kind of thing mm-hmm. I mean that's the worst that will mm-hmm. happen but mm-hmm. there's so many the best that can happen for um, sure so yeah I'm the same I'm kind of like just give it a go what's the worst yeah. that can happen exactly so I'm I, I, it's, I have to remind myself because you know I am an Ivan nominee mm-hmm. and I want to live up to that you know mm-hmm. that you know I want to be nominated for the, the actual Ivar next year do you know what I mean so I know yeah. I've got a like I've got something to prove now you know like I didn't really have anything to prove before um but I'm ready to prove it and I feel confident in proving it and I'm excited about proving it. And I know things take time and, you know, I w- look at what's just been achieved in a year. Mm. You know, that, that project had only been out a year in October yeah. last year. So, you know, there's, uh, there's uh, 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 possibilities are completely endless and I just got to stay optimistic. Can you, can you tell us much about the new album? Like, does, can, mm-hmm. are we allowed to know the title when it's out? Or yeah. Anything? Yeah. Yeah, so um, the EP is called Ash, um, which yeah, for for people who 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 know me uh, quite well, uh, my nickname is Ash. Everybody calls me Ash, um, which is something I actually rebranded myself to in about 2015 because there was another person in my music college class called Shay, and Shay was my is my family nickname. My family mm-hmm. people that knew me pre 2015 called me Shay. Um, but I needed another name because I didn't want to be the same name. And sometimes a Shaney is quite a long name for people to say. Um, so I went with Ash um, and it felt like me. It was crazy when I kind of like called myself Ash out loud for the first time and had people in the music industry mo- mainly because that's where I kind of went into um, in 2015, 20 to 2017. Calling me Ash, I was like, oh, I kind of. I kind of like this um so this new music is is really what comes from me and a lot of people expect because of the way I look you know I'm a black girl from London I'm very London you know I have a London attitude a London vibe um and and what they expect from me is you know R&B music and Mm. music that they might have heard before or styles that they might be quite used to in the UK black music space and although I love that music and I was grown up on that music um I haven't really felt fully seen by it. It hasn't really felt like me. And when I picked up a guitar and I started listening to, you know, grunge and punk and pop punk and different types of like, you know, jazz and things like that, I really felt a bit more seen. So that bleeds into my music. And um, this is the most me my music has gotten um, so far. So I decided to name my EP Ash. In a, I in love a, that. I yeah, in that. a kind of in a kind of less cringy way of saying like this is me. Um, but yeah, it's kind of cool. It kind of goes with the the vibe of the, you know, it's kind of smokier, darker, moodier. Um, 
more me. Uh, so we just thought, you know what? I think Ash is a really good name. Um, Can I just ask you, it's a couple of things I want to pick up that you said. And one mm-hmm. was you said you're very London. Yes. So can you define that? What does that, what do you mean you're very <laughs> London? What do people perceive as London? Um, you know, I was I was born and raised in the big smoke of the sea. I'm very much like I have a I have a I have a stance about me. I don't really take anybody's bull crap. I kind of am myself, I present as myself. Um, although, you know, I always say I have a resting joy face. I'm always smiling, even when I don't feel like smiling. Resting joy face. Yeah, yeah. I I'm always smiling. You'll look around the room, you'll probably see me smiling, even though inside I'm a moody Londoner. Um, <laughs> you know, I was raised by the 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 cloudy skies and and the cold weather. Um, but also, you know, I have this sense of work ethic to me and this real sense of art culture and diversity mm. and and I think those things are all very London um and and they have created me honestly um mm. so I'm I'm very proud to be from this silly little cloudy city <laughs> <laughs> and, and also as, as a songwriter because obviously you talked a lot about um you your actual compositions because what we mm-hmm. didn't say in your intro is yes you're a vocalist and you're a songwriter but you also play the guitar and you I also do. play and I'm going to say you play the saxophone <laughs> I definitely do not play the saxophone <laughs> so technically you're a multi-instrumentalist well I do try the, the guitar um I start I asked for a guitar on my 13th birthday and I had found one in the Argos catalogue it was a really yeah it was a really cheap nylon string classical guitar um and you know I was a very indie kid at school I'd drawn flowers all over it and had stickers stuck to it and I'd bring it into school every day um and yeah I just felt at home with guitar my dad played bass guitar um when he was younger and he was in a in bands in Hackney so it was cool to be able to go to him and ask him for advice and I just taught myself on YouTube um but when I went to college, I met a whole bunch of musicians that were so talented and so good at guitar. But obviously that's their instrument. Guitar is more um, a tool for me to express and kind of accompany my voice, which I would class as my main instrument. Whereas these guitarists were all incredible and had been playing it since they were seven, where I've been singing since I was like five, you know. Mm. Um, so I kind of I didn't lose confidence, but I just kind of put it down and focused on backing vocals and 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 my and my vocal ability. Um, but it kind of drew me more into like uh, the kind of like neo soul a- area because everybody kind of associated my voice being warm and kind of soulful and quite low to mm. to that type of music. So I would sing it a lot. I really do enjoy it. Um, but I picked up my guitar again and I felt the most me I'd ever felt and I started writing a bunch of the songs that you'll hear on on Ash um, and some songs that are on fa- uh, fairy tales um, and and yeah now my guitar doesn't leave my side and it helps me compose a lot. Yeah I have to say and I love it when I see a photo of you with the guitar and <laughs> with my Women in Jazz Media hat on we, we did a gig I don't know how long ago was it two years ago maybe but mm-hmm. I've got these great photos by the incredible Monica um uh, Jakubowska uh, photographer of you and a guitar because you know firstly you don't often see uh, female guitarists mm-hmm. in any genre mm-hmm. you don't often see female guitarists and even even more so you don't often see black female guitarists so For even sure. just a photo of you with a guitar genuinely fills me with joy because <laughs> you know how passionate I am about role models and if you yeah. see it you believe it yeah and going back to what I said earlier about you being a role model you know something like that is significant mm-hmm. so you For see sure. young girls see a picture of you with a guitar that says to them oh this is something mm-hmm. I could do yeah and and representation is is so key and even in the music I'm making it's alternative you know I'm, I'm making my own genre of grunge soul and trying to reclaim rock music mm. so that you know the creators of it um and 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 have it represented in today's kind of society and I I, I really do feel so so strongly about seeing representation in these genres and although the black music space in the UK is great and it's really representative of you know jazz and 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 hip-hop and and grime and r&b not everybody that is black plays or Mm. makes grime hip-hop r&b you know Mm. i i'm i'm influenced by 
you know what people would quote unquote and wrongly say is white people music mm. um and and it's it is crazy when when I pick up my guitar people are like oh my god she plays guitar like mm-hmm. it's crazy and I'm just like there's there's so many of me that play guitar they're just not represented yeah. um and that's what I just want to do you know I don't think I'm the best role model in the world you know I'll always make mistakes but what I want to do is just make authentic music and I want to see other artists making authentic music and not kind of falling into these boxes or stereotypes of what the industry expects young black females to do um which is to sing and look pretty um I can do those things with a guitar in my hand and yeah. <laughs> writing rock music um so I'm excited to do that and that's your, that leads us beautifully on to the new creator fund so in partnership mm. with uh, women in jazz media um, and we just launched it. This this podcast won't go out uh, for a little while yet, but mm-hmm. we launched it. Um, and I meant to say we've already had someone apply. Oh my god, um, amazing! I haven't actually like, shared I it yet. I need the, to do that. The day after, I think I posted it. Just oh, and I so think cool. it was just on kind of Facebook, uh, and already we had someone apply. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is born out of your passion to not just support artists and support people in the industry doing their thing, but it goes to that tick boxing activity. Mm-hmm that drives us all crazy where mm-hmm. you know people are trying to fit into molds or perceive well no you look like this so therefore you should be in this box so yep. could you just you know talk a little bit about why you felt so passionate about creating this uh, creator fund yeah I think it's just important to be able to showcase not even create but showcase people doing what what I'm doing and what I want to do and see from the industry um representing black girls in alternative music and you know there are people like Nova Twins who are incredible Mm. and you know like people like Skunk and Nancy who've been absolutely smashing it and they're incredible musicians but they're they're also on the heavier side of alternative music and Mm. you know there is a softer side of alternative music where you might hear a soulful voice and you might hear a couple of runs and it's not screams and metal and you know and and that's what I really want to represent I want to just you know there's so many people out there doing it so being able to have the opportunity to fund and support artists like myself that might just be starting out and you know a year ago still now you know I'm I'm funding everything by myself and having somebody who believes in me which I've been so lucky to have so many of they 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 say go on do it fly little chicken and I was like <laughs> I will you know I'll, I'll, I'll do it so having having the opportunity to do that is incredible and share and showcase what people are already doing you know I, I don't think I'm doing anything new like it's here it's already been here um it just needs to be pushed into the forefront um, and that's what I hope this this fund will help do yeah I'm so excited about it and I think what we should do is once we've uh, as I say because we only have three places mm-hmm. um but once we've got three artists and then it's progressed I think we should have yourself back and perhaps the three women mm-hmm. uh, and we can have a a good discussion about how that's going and, and how yeah. that's feeling I think that would be really cool actually I would I would really like that yeah that would be, that would be good I'm also um, excited to just make some new friends like that's gonna be so cool yeah. like people <laughs> like me that do things like me like it's it, well, community is so important and that's kind of what I want to be a part of everything's better with a team like it really is especially if everybody is just on the same page well that's the key thing um, it's got to be the right people hasn't it and again, yeah, this we won't have this discussion now because because that could go into a whole different uh, <laughs> um, uh, door. Um, but the right people is key, and that's what's wonderful, I think, about your work. Uh, and I'm going to mention uh, GB Bettini here, um, mm-hmm. which I think uh, is how I first met you because I know yeah. when I was um, at the British Academy of Music, I know you were a student there, but I didn't really know you then because. Yeah well you were never hauled into my office for being bad yeah basically. I think we just missed each other basically and I was I was a model student I was a bit of a teacher's pet especially in music because I loved it so mm. I was I was doing everything and anything I could to be the star child yeah. in in my class <laughs> so and I think and obviously so Gibby Bettini for people listening is an incredible musician who I do hope to have as a guest on one of these podcasts if I can tempt him out of his behind the scenes <laughs> comfort zone um yeah is an amazing uh, guitarist, producer, so many things. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's how I first got to know you properly was through yeah. Jibby, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He, he is honestly, 
I would say like a, a real talent of this generation that mm. is like of of young and inspired musicians. Um, he is is the producer that I've worked with on all of my music, and I honestly feel like he gave me he gave me the thing that I hope the fund will give to others is the mm. freedom to do what I wanted, mm. to make the music I wanted, to play my guitar, to sing about the things I sing about, to be moody, to be London, to be all of these things and just really create the the ash that you that I'm now presenting to to the world in my music I'm it, having a producer that just goes with the flow and mm. it's just like do you know what F it let's just do it um it's so important and and I I am forever indebted to him it really that I the Ivan nomination is our Ivan nomination and um I feel I feel so blessed to be one of his artists that he gives his time to honestly and mm. you know I'm not just saying that I like honestly yeah. he's an incredible musician and he's taught me so much so yeah yeah no honestly he is and as I say we um we could sit here and gush about Jibby I would be quite yeah. happy to do that <laughs> me too uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um but um th- it, it does lead us on because I say I think I first met you properly through Jibby because I needed a backing vocalist yes uh because that's something that you do and and I have to say with backing vocalists I think quite often they have a bit of a bad, well, not the vocalist, but I think the thought of being a backing vocalist have a bit of a, they're misunderstood because I think Mm -hmm. sometimes it's seen as not important or Mm -hmm. that you're just doing backing vocals because you can't, for whatever reason, be a lead artist, which of course is absolutely not the case. Mm -hmm. And I know we've had many conversations about how much you love doing BVs. Oh, I love it. I so love what, it. So what is it about BVs? Because I say, look, you've got this incredible career as a as an artist in your own right, doing all mm-hmm. this incredible stuff, but you're still loving. And it's mm-hmm. not just a financial thing. It's not just no. about kind of, you know, doing some session work. You love doing backing vocals. Mm-hmm. So what is it about BVs do you, that, that you love? I've always been very... Um like oral like everything is hearing everything is is harmony everything is chords everything is movement and uh when I when I sing and when when I was younger my the one of the actual ways that we kind of figured out that I could sing was that um my sister me and my sister used to sing high school musical you know (gasps) brats that's so raven Mm -hmm. things like that together um and we had a little keyboard in our room and she would sing once and she was kind of better than me when we were younger and I was I I was just kind of like oh I don't I don't know if I want you to be better than me at singing like I feel like this is my 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 calling um so we'd sing together in harmony um obviously so we could like hear each other's voices and you know it just became a thing that we did and I loved and I always felt so I don't know it's it's weird I don't know maybe I should talk to a therapist about this but I always felt like very safe Mm. within other voices and felt very heard strangely Mm. within other voices um I would always sing along with songs when I got my own mp3 player I would sing harmony Mm. to the lead instead of learning the lead I I know the lead oh bosh that's rubbish I'm gonna do the harmony um so when I kind of went to music college and I figured out that you can make money as a backing vocalist and support another vocalist and help them feel more confident and comfortable on stage and sing in harmony with other people and be as a group with like three other backing vocalists I was like I am sold that sounds so much fun um so yeah I've I've always you know I was in my Instagram bio I have harmony bad gal in my (laughs) in my harmony bad girl yeah exactly (laughs) because that's what I consider myself I love it (laughs) I love it. I really do. I I hear them. I sing them. I create them, and that's where I really feel my creativity lies. Um, and it kind of kind of spreads to guitar and mm. and and composition in that way because I can hear where you know I want my vocal to sit and what I want the chords to be doing, rather than you know I feel I feel like a lot of singers BBs is hard to do, mm. really really difficult to do because what you have to do is you have to get out of yourself to be able to sing backing for somebody else. Because mm. if you're too within your head, you're only hearing your own voice and therefore you cannot blend with somebody else. You can't sing a harmony on top of somebody if all you're doing is listening to your own voice. Mm. So what it what it allowed me to do, and I think it shaped my personality in a little bit, is just kind of step back and be a part of something that's that's moving and a part of something that's beautiful. Um, and and that's what being a backing vocalist means to me. Like I just get to chill and be a part of the band and be an instrument and and move with the chords and really just like create uh, something special. So, 
I love that because, you know, I don't think I've ever had, and I will explore this more, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with a backing vocalist about backing vocals that are that excited and passionate about it. I love, I just, Mm. I think it's so fun. And I always find it tricky when people say like, oh, you have to, you're not as a good, as good of a singer if you do backing Mm. vocals. And that you wouldn't believe how many singers I know that can't do their own backing vocals. Mm. They cannot mm. sing in harmony. And for me, that is a skill that you need mm. as a singer. But, you know, for some people, it's just not it's not something they can do or mm. won't want to do. Um, but it just, you know, it just enlightens your your skill set. And also it helps you make, I don't know, you make connections with people in a different way, especially other artists. And, you know, it's been quite helpful to me when I'm doing backing vocals in a gig and the singer loves my voice so much. They ask me if I make my own music and then I'm on support the next time they do it do you know what I mean yeah, so yeah it's it's really helpful and not not that that's why I do it at all but when you prove yourself in some sort of light and you're a cool person to hang around with and everybody wants you there yeah you know it's good for that kind of networking and community aspect as well I just I always recommend it always I used to teach and I would always be like look if there's more than three singers in a room more than two singers in a room I, I want backing vocals I want yeah. harmonies I don't, I don't understand I don't want to hear yeah. you guys taking a verse each singing harmony um yeah I built some of my strongest friendship connections by singing in harmony with people and yeah. it's always I was I've actually been in like a few like harmony duos and I would play guitar and sing and then I'd have another singer with me singing harmony and it's just yeah always been super fun so I yeah mean, no honestly I love that I love that part of you and as I say especially for me because that's how I connected with you initially so if mm-hmm. you hadn't been a backing vocalist then uh, I, I hope our paths would have crossed at some point but I'm mm-hmm. honestly so grateful for for Jibby for introducing you and uh, and that we now know each other yeah um, and this does leave beautiful and I've only got a couple of things on my list but they're kind of all in one so on mm-hmm. my list I've put that gig exclamation mark yeah Uh, and I've also got about the power of music so it's connected so just to briefly explain to anybody listening um so we had some this is with my women in jazz media hat on we put on some events as part of the London Jazz Festival Mm -hmm. and a Shaney Ash Mm -hmm. um was one of those and and I'm so upset that I wasn't there I don't know why I did this I put two artists on the same night (laughs) And I think part yeah. of my head was like, yes, women in jazz media, we're just going to put on incredible women all across London, the whole thing. So when I was planning it, I didn't even think about me, about mm-hmm. well, and where, know, you'd be. <laughs> where I'm going to be. I was just like, yes, let's have this here, this here. Um, so I had you on the same night as another incredible artist called Vimma LaRoe, who I get mm-hmm. I could have a discussion about her. In fact, I should have one as a guest. Um, but anyway, so you had this gig. And then I think it was the Sunday. So your gig was on the Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the Sunday, I was looking at ticket sales. Uh, and I'm really keen on not ever putting artists under pressure for ticket sales. Mm-hmm. And and I know this as an artist myself, that some venues do put pressure on you. They'll be like, mm-hmm. you've barely sold any tickets, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, uh, you know, we all need, we want an audience, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from a business point of view, costs need to be covered. Mm-hmm. But as far as women in jazz media is concerned, I, I I, never do that with the artist because, you know, we're booking, we just want you to feel confident and just do your thing without mm-hmm. any pressure. So um, I have never contacted an artist beforehand and said, um, these are your ticket sales, unless they ask. So quite often mm-hmm. artists will email, go, oh, how are ticket sales going? But anyway, on this Sunday, I was checking tickets because it was you know, a week before and you'd only sold, I think it was three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember for ages just looking at the ticket sales going, oh, no, three tickets. And and my quandary was, do I tell you? Because mm-hmm. I'm like, do I tell you? It's like, OK, well, look, we'll step up promotion. We'll do. And you were already on it. That's the thing. You were promoting. So it wasn't that you weren't doing your thing. The venue was doing their thing. Uh, we were doing our thing. But I thought, no, do you know what? I'm just I'm just going to tell you because we know each other. And and I hope that you knew that wasn't me putting pressure on you. It was just letting you know that, you know, yeah. ticket sales on it. And we had this amazing conversation because you were straight to the point. It's like, yeah, t- tickets are too expensive. Mm-hmm. The tickets are just too expensive. Uh, and, and I went back to the venue and again, due respect to the venue, because this is a beautiful example of where the venue listened to the artist. So, mm-hmm. you know, cause they didn't know you, obviously they've, they've, you know, we were putting on events so they know us, but they didn't know you. Um, but they trusted that the artist knew her audience. Mm-hmm. And I said to them, look, 
Ash just said the tickets are too expensive. If we lower the price, we're going to get people in. And the venue mm -hmm. were like, okay, let's do it. And then I think the next day or something ridiculous, you were sold out. And not only mm -hmm. were you sold out, they were turning people away on the night. Yeah. Yeah. It was, to be honest, that whole thing was a bit crazy because I it was a jazz venue it's a jazz festival and mm. um, I'd worked for the jazz festival before mm. so I know what the price point of tickets are and how they put the price points of tickets in the jazz festival and but I also you know have been my own manager my own booking agent my own accountant for however mm. long so I know you know how I price my tickets normally and who my audience are um you know, my music is a new crossbreed of jazz and soul and grunge and rock. So, uh, you know, there's a bigger there's a bigger audience than just a jazz audience. Um, so, yeah, I looked at the ticket price and it was like, I think it was like £25, which yeah. to some people isn't a lot of money. Um, but to the people who come to my gigs normally, you know, some people, sometimes they're young people, sometimes they're students, mm. sometimes they're aspiring musicians like myself. Like mm. £25 is quite a lot, like, mm. to pay for a ticket and then pay for drinks while you're there and all of that stuff. Absolutely. So, you know, it might seem stressful um so I, I asked I was like I if we can just drop the ticket prices a little bit I think we can bring some more people in um and and luckily it, it came about and you know I was I was I felt good because I was supported in that mm. and I, I wasn't told no so it didn't add this stress um but also I came with my facts and figures I'd sold out shows before I'd understood my audience I knew who I was trying to reach um and I knew what I wanted to do at the jazz festival um and, and it paid off and I think being in the room and hearing the music from downstairs people people wanted to come up and enjoy the show so I it felt was amazing very... and I used that story and that I and we've had events after that where mm -hmm. not many tickets have been sold like a week or so beforehand. And I use your, your gig as an example. It's like, mm -hmm. well, when we did Ash's gig. <laughs> so I use that as an example. It's like, listen to your audience and listen to your artist. Mm -hmm. You know, as far as a range of things, but ticket price is key. Um, and, and again, we could, we could explore that. But I, what I do want to talk about is that actual gig. Now, as I say, I wasn't there. Um, mm -hmm. But... Um, the conversations that have happened since that gig are quite incredible. Mm -hmm. um, so much so that there were two people who attended that gig. Uh, and I'll be perfectly honest, one of them was my son, <laughs> uh, who is a grown man, though, I should he point is. out. He is a grown man. Um, and he went with a, a male friend of his. And this experience going to your gig was literally groundbreaking for them. <laughs> and they had this incredible moment <laughs> where as men influenced by your music and the night they ended up having a discussion about mental health and about mm -hmm. their well-being and about how blokes don't open up and that they need to talk about things more and communicate more and honestly and I think this is a perfect example of why I want to do this podcast it's kind of crossover of different things mm -hmm. and how you know the impact that it has um, and I was so inspired by the conversation uh, that these two guys, so Tony and Dave, had about this gig. I asked them if they'd record a conversation that I could put into a podcast, um, just talking about that night. So I'd like to just play you a little snippet of it now for you to listen yeah. to, and then we'll come back to it. <laughs> so here it is. I think what kind of enabled us to start talking, because... Um, I guess, yeah, we're moving our conversation now onto, you know, us as our mental health and, and how us as kind of men um, kind of, I guess, fitted in and, and kind of felt about the music. Um, because I think because it was such a, an inclusive space, actually, and because the audience was so uh, just really behind musicians and the music and there was a nice atmosphere and because we were chatting to uh, a Shady as well and Sam and you know giving our appreciation our honest appreciation to their music and they you know you could see how much that uh, meant to them from all the audience giving them that feedback as well not just obviously from us okay so as you heard um Dave and Tony had this uh, amazing conversation that was completely inspired by that night and your music so and I, again I don't like this question but how does that make you feel that you had the power this music had the power to have two men open up and talk about their their mental health 
I don't I feel like I feel really honored to be a catalyst for that in them um and you know in my in my conversations I've had with both of them um because they both reached out to me and messaged me and thanked me which is crazy thing to be like thank you for coming to my gig but uh, you're welcome I guess um and just yeah the fact that they you know had conversations about their mental health and their music creation and what they want to do and it, it left them feeling inspired was is such a such an honor to to have been a part of that decision I don't I, you know I'm never going to say that I'm the catalyst for those things because I probably had it and it in them already but um seeing somebody on stage do do what they're doing is is always inspiring um and it, it's it's amazing to be the person that they saw on stage um doing that it is and, and you know I think sometimes we can say the power of music and it's an incredible thing but as mm-hmm. artists I think it's we sometimes don't allow ourselves to take a step back and look at it from the yeah. outside because obviously when you're creating and performing you're doing yeah. your thing but the impact of you doing your thing across a whole range of people is mm. huge and I just think stories like this is a really good example of you know these guys just came mm-hmm. to a gig you know you know Tony knew you as an artist I don't think Dave knew you before but yeah you know, they came out they were just expecting some great music um, and then it turned out that they had this significant moment when they were both able to open up about their mental health. And this has also led to them sharing that with other yeah. men. You know, the fact that, well, how come we were able to talk about our mental health? You know, normally we're blokes. We have to kind of mm-hmm. you know, keep our emotions. So, you know, and this was all at your event. Yeah. So that combination of your audience, the venue, the environment, the warmth that was mm-hmm. there, the type of music that was there. And, and again, it could be another conversation if it was, I don't know, Norwegian death metal. <laughs> yeah. you know, would they have you know, felt so inclined? I don't know. I mean, now it's a conversation I genuinely yeah, love to too. have, but <laughs> a combination of all those different mm. things. But it was you, it was your gig and your music that has had that impact that is not just about those two. And I'm sure there's other people in the audience who will feel mm-hmm. the same, but also spreading that word. I mean, it's an amazing thing. So when I say you are a role model, that is another example of how true that Thank is. Thank you. That means so much to me. I think I think with music creation, I always say that my songwriting is like a conversation. I want it to feel like words that I would say to you as the listener mm. um I don't ever want to write anything that I wouldn't actually say in real life which is you know it might mm. get it might it might uh get to a hard bit of of life when I've kind of run out of things to say but it it, it does it does kind of leave me in a position on stage where I'm I'm really feeling like I get I'm getting to know the people that are listening to me and they're getting to know me um I always it's funny because uh, in the in the string of gigs I did last year um and I did a lot of them because I love gigging so much. It literally puts a smile mm. on my face. Like it, it makes me feel whole and complete. I made so many people cry and crying to me is very interesting. And to being able to evoke crying by singing and, and music is so special to me. And I know I don't want, you know, I don't want to make people sad, but I, the, the feeling of being able to actually move somebody enough to create an action in their body and in their chemistry um is so special to me and that's the good sign to a, a good song in my opinion or a good performance um so yeah I'm I'm that's that is so special to me um and that they had that experience and it helped them you know break down those stigmas and stereotypes and mm. barriers that mm. I face in my career and men face in their lives and other women face in doing things in their life and you know people from black and other ethnicities face in their daily struggles is is really really important to me so um it means the world absolutely and it's and it's such a beautiful thing because of course it's all connected as I say all those different things all the things we've talked about uh it is yeah it's all this beautiful not even a circle but it's like it's all connected and it's a wonderful yeah. thing um thank you so much Ashton I know I could talk for ages I'm not even gonna look at the <laughs> clock I don't know how I'm really enjoying talking. myself so, so my, 
I know I'm like, I could actually talk to you for ages but who will listen and they say that with things like it's same with when you write an article it's like well people won't look at it if it's more than a few minutes long so make it short and sweet same with podcasts and it's like and in fact I not wishing to kind of um put me into this but I interviewed one of my legends the other day Ricky D mm-hmm. Jones who's some listeners will know and she is she is a hero of mine uh and um she said to me she said look if people don't like like my music just don't oh for sure it. And, and and I have to say, as much as we all know that, for me, I'm like, well, do you know what? If I've written an article that's 2,000 words long, if that's too long for you, Don't that's read absolutely it. fine. Don't yeah. read it. So same with this podcast. It's like, are we talking too long? Maybe. But if if we're boring you, then you can feel free off. to um Yeah, it's, it's, it, I, I use that ethos in music <laughs> as well. Like, not everybody's mm. going to like what I make. And that's okay. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Yeah. My music isn't made yeah. for everyone in the whole entire world I hope it reaches everyone in the mm. whole entire world but whether you like it or not that's up to you um and there's a million yeah. other artists outside in this amazing world that you can listen to so yeah I'm, I'm excited for it to reach people's ears and hopefully it, it does the same as what it's done for others and I'm excited to have it out first single comes out on the 31st of March I was gonna say we talked about your album but I don't think we yeah. actually said when? Yeah, so the first single is called Right Here and it's out with its music video on the 31st of March, which is so close. And I'm a little bit nervous because mm. it's been a year since I've released music, but it's some of the best music I've ever written. And I'm so excited to have it out in the world. Um, and, and yeah, and then there should be a single every six weeks up until the EP in summertime around then. Um, Amazing. Yeah, we'll see. Amazing. Well, I shall be shouting about it because I, I haven't heard it, oh. obviously, but I know it'll be amazing. So I know I'm shouting <laughs> I can't wait. about it. Um, so the final thing, bringing us a little bit back to reality, um, is what is on your to-do list today? Uh, what have you got to do the rest of the what day? What have I got to do? I was supposed to wash my hair, which does take me a long time, ah. um, especially because I'm on a hair growth journey. But Well, you post a lot on your Insta stories. I have to say I'm fascinated. As a yeah. white woman, <laughs> I, um, I have to say I'm fascinated by your hair I do. Stories. I love it. It's It's like... <laughs> music is my passion and my life but it's also my job um so it's not really my hobby anymore um okay uh, so hair and coffee making are my two hobbies which are kind of strange things but um I really enjoyed that but I won't have time to wash my hair today because I'm going to ah. see Lady Blackbird um tonight <gasps> yeah oh, who I'm amazing. so excited to see so those things are on my to-do list and then I'm planning for release um which has been on my very long 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 to-do list um but exciting stuff I'm very very ready excellent well thank you so much for um chatting to me because on my to-do list today was talk to a shiny <laughs> white tick which is exactly what I've just <laughs> done so I can tick it off now <laughs> thank you for having me but thank you so much it's been such a a, a pleasure as yeah. always to chat to you and uh um I hope you enjoyed that conversation and you tune in for more episodes soon thank you so Bye. much <laughs> I'm just going through my to-do list